0: the leave review project was our last best hope for news a self-contained podcast
1: two hours long located in neutral territory a place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads community members and developers a
2: shining beacon in space all alone on a tuesday night it was the dawn of the third chapter of elite The year Space Links came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Ladian
1: stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place? Leave Radio.
2: and welcome to episode 324 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix DeFire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Ed Levice, that's Ben Mosswoodwood.
3: It's new! We have new shiny things!
2: We also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello! Ben, don't break it.
4: It's only just been polished, so don't lick it or anything.
5: Uh,
3: I'll get into some news on that when we go into our How's Your Week Been?
2: We also have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Souverine.
1: What up?
2: I must admit, the pitch seems to get a little bit higher every week. I, uh, I tried to
1: do falsetto for that.
3: I was wondering where your bollocks had gone to.
4: <laughs> but what it is, you see, is because of lockdown, Sue was now eating a lot more, so his trousers have expanded and therefore got tighter. So therefore...
1: My trousers <laughs> have expanded and therefore got tighter.
4: <clears throat>
1: right. Okay. breaking the law of conservation of mass yet again, Shan.
2: Or he's implying something that you're... No, I'm not even going to go there. Can we believe it? It's less than two minutes and we're already into the smut.
4: You're less into the smut. Minutes. You're into hey. the smut for a change. It hey, was Ben that started
1: it. We what also have... expanding trousers.
2: <laughs> we also have our um, uh, Tech Gibbon, the Chris Mark IV, and Neil Turner. He's helping out today with technical stuff. Uh, oh, and do we have N2 with us today? Yes, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Quite... <laughs> so once again, N2 joins us. Obviously, very from very early in the morning, where he's from so if you wish you can join us live we're hanging out in game uh in open at at leave station uh if you can't get yeah, to us in game i'm at the bar actually colin oh you're actually at the bar today okay I, i'm at the bar ben is, ben's at the bar drinks are on him um <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a there's a phrase you don't hear very often <laughs> if you can get in game you can join us on the twitch chat channel which you go through to leaveradio.com slash live Click on the live chat or go to twitch.tv slash lay radio or lay radio on YouTube or layradio radio on Facebook. So we'll quickly go round the team to see what they've been up to this week. And um, let's start with Ben this week.
3: I will freely admit and hold my hands up and say I've actually played no space games, well, space sims this week. Um, I've been doing quite a fair bit of EDRPG. Uh, I've been playing Minecraft with Paige and my kids. Any spare time has been in Cyberpunk. And also working with... So, right, we've been working with commanders Rosetta Stone, Toko So, and Wotherspoon on that beautiful, shiny intro, which is still not finalised, actually, yet. And the reason why it's not finalised and the reason why you said about breaking things is after giving us that not quite fully polished version of our intro audio tokoso's computer has gone boom boom oh um
2: we've got a you put him under too much strain
3: well so, something has and we we're, we're waiting on his he he's got some more audio to basically he's got to replace some of the audio do some doofas and dafas and get Hopefully, get some masters out, but at the moment, I don't even know if he's got things or if it, if everything's gone. I hope he. I hope he's got backups. Uh, I've I've not heard anything about things since he gave us that audio uh, last week.
2: Well, fingers crossed that we'll get we'll uh, hear yeah. from him soon because that that was quite that was quite nice. That it so was. thank you um, thank you for all for making us look semi professional. <laughs>
4: Not it reminded maybe. me of a certain television show, but I can't put my finger
3: on it. It's like a, I think it's a, there's a cross between the Babylon Five and, and Firefly going on there. I think.
1: Who did the video?
3: Motherspoon did the video. Uh, Rosetta Stone did the audio intro stuff at the beginning, and Toko So did the music. Nice. Mm.
0: So,
3: yes, and and we'll just take the credits <laughs>
2: <laughs> as usual. Um... <laughs> uh, Souverine, have you sorry, been this I'm, week? I'm sorry, I've got to... Oh, hang on. There's more, there's more, okay.
3: Yeah. I've just been given this trouble with that by Commander Toxic, who's joining us again in um, Twitch chat, because, yes, I've also been playing Minecraft with him too.
2: Oh, okay, fair so enough. Now I, can, now I can move on. Now you can move on, now that yes. uh, Commander Toxic has said, yeah, I remember, I'm here. Yes, Don't like forget that. me. <laughs> okay, Souverine.
1: Uh, I have uh, also uh, not played Elite this week because I've been playing RimWorld um, on Ben's recommendation, actually, uh, which is probably one of my f- five or six favourite games now. Um, it's absolutely brilliant, uh, but I've also been quite busy with other things, so not a lot to report from me.
2: Oh, so we? we I think I worked it out last week. Was that Oblivion that you were, yes. That you were playing? <laughs> yes, yes. Because it only it only occurred to me when I was listening back to it, I went, "That sounds familiar." I can't I believe none of you. Familiar.
1: I can't believe none of you got it. Like it, it, every single time, it's been a it's been either a classic film or a game, and none of you seem to get any of them. Any like it, it, it's it's remarkable. It really, I, I find it very. No, we,
4: we we do get them through, we just
2: like to hear you witter on. Um, and <laughs> well. I, oblivion came out what 15 years ago Is it 15 uh 14 it'll be 15 i oh, know yeah
1: 15, 15 this year
2: yeah yeah so exactly that's it the last time i played it would have been 15 years ago wow <laughs> gosh so, actually talk about oblivion the,
4: the youngest minishan um he played quite a lot of oblivion and he used to go around and massacre entire towns <laughs> and kill the guards
2: Obviously, genetics is, is is true to form there.
4: Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah, Shan's entire family.
2: So, um, yeah, Shan,
4: what have you been up to this week? Then I haven't actually had time to play any games at all. Really, I've been such a slacky thing. Not um, because I've been. Oh yeah, no, because I've been uh, I've been up to my neck in uh, monocrystalline panels, discharge cycles, and latitude calculations. So, I love it when you talk dirty. Well, what it is, is we're, we're currently looking at getting a solar battery system for the house, you see. So we just have to sit and do lots of maths and lots of space stuff to work out how much power we'll get from solar panels hmm. and and how big a ba- battery size we'll need. And it's really complicated. It's proper science. It's terrible. Um, yeah. So that's kind of kept me busy because I haven't been allowed out of the house, obviously. Um, so I've been bouncing off the walls pretty much because I, I, I do like to go out and just kind of do things, but it just hasn't been possible at the moment. And it Probably won't be possible for a while. So it's it's back to lockdown haircut. I think. Well, I I'm, haven't I'm, cut I'm, my hair since March. It's...
1: Tell you what, growing your hair is the best hobby. Like it's so like it doesn't cost anything. There's no no investment necessary. You don't need special kit. Um, it's just so rewarding.
2: Yes, I but remember actually, like, said... I could do that when I was young.
4: Well, actually, you say that. One thing I have, because I haven't been to the hairdresser for quite a while, my my hair has actually stopped growing lengthwise. And what I don't know is, has it stopped growing lengthwise because that's as long as my hair ever gets? Because I have never had it cut for for long enough to know. Or has it stopped growing full stop? So have I kind of like run out of hair to grow? Or is this just as long as it'll get? And it's not even enough to go in a Jon
2: Snow man bun either. Jon Snow... Man, ban it's a cultural reference. Um, it refers. Am I the only person that has not seen Game of Thrones? Yeah,
4: (laughs) pretty pretty (laughs) much, yes, in the world. (laughs) And, And to ask, answer Kaiser, no, I have not been evil. I have not been, I have never have been evil. Okay, I've never have been evil. I've been mischievous, but I haven't been evil. I think Shan is, I've never actually seen Shan in the flesh. I'm pretty sure Shan
1: is actually, um one of the, uh, what are they called? Who's seen The Dark Crystal? You know oh, those yes. <laughs> yes. A boss? <lot> <laughs> yes, he's, he's actually a Skeksis. He doesn't look anything like his avatar on Discord. He's actually a Skeksis. Did you, need, did you not see Shan in the flesh, as it were, at LaveCon the other year? I don't remember doing so. Um, I'm not sure I'd met him at that point. I, I can't remember.
4: I don't, no, I, I'm I, remember very, I don't think... I'm very forgettable. I'm very forgettable.
1: <laughs> I don't think I was uh, on the show at that point. You're just there doing saggy stuff. Uh
2: yes. Right. Uh well I know that I've met Shan because basically he helped fix one of my models. Uh but did,
4: see, I'm helpful, Colin. Just highlight, cut that out. Shan helped me. See, I want that highlighted. Shan helped me.
2: Helped me with one of my models, yes. And uh yeah, that's that's been I think the only uh, and,
4: interaction and I've had. You- from. And and thank you for, for not mentioning the six other models I broke.
2: But. No, I think I think we'll we'll leave that, shall we? <laughs> anyway. Um personally, um well, I've had a little bit of time in Elite Dangerous. I'm so probably the only one that has. Uh am just enough to keep my power play um character going. Um but apart from that, nothing much because I think everybody we're kinda of waiting for the big next big thing to drop, to be honest. Plus also I've had um real life deadlines which aren't nice. Ah, so I've been a stress bunny for the last last week or so. So, um with that out of the way, uh, we'll have a quick look at the development news. Now, there hasn't been much, it must be said. Um, we have had um a magazine called MVC. MCV uh, develop uh, number nine of six four, and it had a six page spread about Odyssey, with uh, one giant leap, it's called. Now, um, looking through this article, there was uh, two points which uh, stood out to me. Is that the first point was they were saying that it was a hundred to one hundred and forty devs working on, on Odyssey, which is up from what we thought there was and the second one was that um the way that they're managing um the expectations which they've changed policy a bit there hasn't been any cgi trailers regarding elite dangerous odyssey
1: that's true that's a really good point and i hadn't thought of that
4: so do you recall do you recall when frontier ever used cgi yes. trailers apart from the very very first pre-launch trailer because i'm thinking of the trailers they used for when the Thargoids came you know the commander Chronicles something like that that was all done in
2: engine wasn't it it was enhanced engine yeah the full cgi one was was definitely the first one which had the the rocky music to it and the problem with that one was they condensed the gameplay down to you know something that would fit into a nice two minute um two minute you know a, a two minute soundbite and then they had all the um let's see people taking the mickey were saying well that's what the gameplay trailer's like this is what it's really like yes and uh which i thought was rather unfair because um you don't get that kind of stuff in in star wars the old republic because you you watch the trailers for those star Wars old Republic and you think, Oh, that looks fantastic. And then you play star Wars, the old Republic.
4: <clears throat> so do you, do you cast them the CGI trailer as enhanced engine or what do you, I mean, obviously you, you, know, you used to get the artwork on boxes for 16 bit computer games and the artwork, artwork, nothing like the actual game. Mm. Um, so if you can do it in-engine, admittedly, you can't generate it in, a, in the client. You have to tweak the engine a bit to get the thing. Is that the same as the CGI, or is that still in-engine? I'm just wondering where you guys draw the line. Um,
2: well, well, the thing is about everything that they've shown us so far about Odyssey is that everything's been in-game engine, and it hasn't been enhanced. Whereas the Commander Chronicles, when the Thargos about that was enhanced, and they, and they had to do a load of stuff for um, basically animating the the commanders in that one because there's no way that we were we didn't we had access to those kind of things. I mean, Commander Turgeon does these fantastic uh, mashima uh, elite dangerous stories, um, uh, you know, Turgeon travels, but he's got specific. Um, Software to do that. I can't remember what it's called, but it's very, very good. Whatever it is, you remember the mission videos that were
4: downloaded as part of one update and then disappeared. Do you remember people found a folder with a
2: whole load of videos in? There's like mission briefings and things like that, stuff like that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, I remember it, but the, there wasn't much of it, and it disappeared very, very quickly, didn't it?
4: Yeah, i just wondering if you caught. Was that the same enhanced engine, or was that CGI?
2: I Remember, oh, I think it was CGI. I don't think it was enhanced engine because they were proper cutscenes. I mean, it, it was probably if they were going to do those kind of cutscenes for every mission, they would have to have been a lot more than just the ones that were there. And the hundred and hundred and forty devs that was about what I thought they
4: had anyway. I mean, no, it's that uh, 100, you... 140 full time devs are you, are you dedicated to Odyssey because we, we know they move people like Audio developers in and out of projects and things like that they're not they work a
2: frontier not necessarily on a project so i just wonder how they count that yeah well uh, they, they didn't go into uh, much specific apart from uh, any specifics apart from those numbers so we know that at one point they claimed the team was 100 big And it seems to me that you know they've probably expanded that to 140 by poaching developers off other teams and other projects. Because it was was
1: 2019 that they told us that there were 100 people working on it, so it's safe to assume that they'll have grown that by I don't know 20 or 30 in the in the the 18 months since then to um, uh, to deliver Odyssey. Mm.
2: So uh, yeah, Um, so the the. Elite Dangerous team is bigger than uh, we were expecting. And well, obviously, we're going to have to wait to see what the results are of that. Um, Now, there's a Let's Play community goal highlighted here. Um, They announced that uh, an AMA would be coming on Friday the 8th. Uh, As of now, they haven't published it, even though FDES says it will be out soon. Well, that's uh, a, and a, soon, isn't it? That's an FDev soon. Not a isn't a Real soon. <laughs> yeah, so we've got no idea uh, when that's going to arrive, so we'll just have to uh, wait and see. And of course, we had the Super Cruise news today at uh, 4.30, and um, it was basically, um, I think, Stephen and Zach talking about some things that we're going to be talking about later, and then also shooting people in CQC. So quite a quiet Super Cruise news. Um, But then again, you only expect to have the big news on a Thursday, I think. So in the in-game events, what has been happening this week? Well, uh, in Galnet, uh, Aegis continues to call for support against the Thargoids, mostly due to the fact they've been defunded. Um, Operation Ida has now started to move into the coal sector, nebula to start repairing a lot of the stations however lately they've put out uh, an alert saying that they'd rather commanders who aren't hauling um go help the anti-xeno initiative in the witch head so it looks like um the anti-xeno initiative um, are needing a little bit of help to uh, try and contain the thargoid threat in the in the witch head nebula um as said before, the Anti-Xeno Initiative have moved operations to the Witch Head as they've now managed to clear all the systems in the coal sack. Um, there is an Anti-Xeno Initiative operation uh, happening at the moment. Uh, so there's a special event that they've put together. So if you are interested in finding out what they're up to, uh, head over to the Anti-Xeno Initiative Discord or have a look on the forums because they've, they'll have announced it there. And uh, it seems to be quite um <clears throat> interesting uh we have a new c g in progress at the moment to provide um xenological samples to scientists in colonia and um, what do people think about that? this is this is the first c g for quite a while that's out in colonia.
1: A couple of people said that they um it was very hard to chalk up any meaningful gains in it if you didn't have a fleet carrier um which might be true um but um uh I don't think that's a trem I personally I don't feel like that's a tremendous problem. Um I if you know, fleet carriers are force multipliers and, and it is it, it is appropriate that they that they make you better at stuff that, that it, it's probably probably a little bit annoying if it's difficult to do the CG without one. That's not the balance that you want. But um but if, if, if they you know it, it's it's perfectly understandable if they just uh uh give you a little bit of an edge. Um it's cool that Colonia are getting CGs again. They, they did in 3302. There were a lot of CGs in Colonia, uh, and uh, it's really nice to see them come back.
4: So on that point, uh, Sue, about the fleet carriers, do you feel as though they are, when they set a CG up, they are setting the tiers, you know, the, the, the success tiers, so to speak, with fleet carriers in mind, And is that the right way to go about the balancing? Because if they they set the the highest T, i.e. the CG success, assuming people are going to bring fleet carriers, then that then has a knockdown balancing effect for people who don't have fleet carriers. So in other words, you've moved the goalposts because of fleet carriers. And could that then be interpreted by people who don't have fleet carriers as putting them at a disadvantage?
1: Well, only if the goalposts have been moved. I, I, yeah, I think that's a good point, but you do need to demonstrate that the goalposts have, have moved. It, I, I, as far as I can tell, I don't think, they, I don't think there's, um, it's obvious that that's happened yet.
4: I, I'm not sure. I mean, that's why I kind of asked the question, because you think if, if, the, if the top tier used to be, I don't know, 100 million tonnes of something... And after carriers, the top tier is then 300 million tonnes of the same thing, of the same difficulty.
1: I, yeah, I agree with you. I'm not sure. I, if, if, a, if a listener knows the answer to that then, uh, and can tell us, then please do so. Uh, as far as I'm aware, uh, that hasn't happened. It's The, the, the tiers haven't, haven't changed and we haven't seen tier inflation. Um, I do know ben, that it, it is a delicate balance to get the tiers right. Right. OK,
2: Ben, you want to just clang in?
3: Yeah, I just think I think it's a good thing that we're getting CGs out in Colonia again. I think any excuse to get out to Colonia is is a good thing because Colonia is a beautiful part of the of the galaxy, and it is stunning. Um, So I think it is great getting people out there. Also, sure, um, even if fleet carriers are a multiplier, there are a lot of fleet carriers going back and forth between the bubble and Colonia on a daily basis. A lot of people run it as a service and they're like, you know, join my fleet carrier by 9 o'clock on Monday. You'll be there by 5pm that evening. And then I'll be departing back to the bubble 9am Monday on Tuesday morning.
4: If you're off the ship by then, you'll be in Colonia.
3: I've offered
6: that
4: service to people and no one's taking me up on it. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that.
3: Mm. Um, so I don't see, even if you don't own a fleet carrier, I don't see how you can complain about it being elitist, etc. when you can, you can just, you can use someone else's fleet carrier and not fly there yourself. Um, I mean, I would say, you know, about people flying off to Beagle Point and back, well, Beagle Point in five hours, um... But, obviously, that's not a ship optimized for hauling goods. So, you know, it's, you're comparing apples with with oranges there, but no reason why you can't jump on someone else's carrier. So,
2: stop <laughs> learning. <laughs> um, so, does everybody think that, you know, this this idea for um, getting uh, samples from, I think, is it sort of pods, some kind of pods? It's Is this yeah. a... Is this yep. a, a good alternative to the usual kind of CG's, which is hauling or combat?
6: It's still kind
2: of hauling, though, isn't it?
3: Well, it's, fe- it's fetch, fetch the stuff, scan the stuff, haul the stuff, rinse repeat. You're still filling buckets, but it's a good thing.
0: Hmm.
4: Fair enough. I think the, I think the, the added twist, if you like, of having it in Colonia mm-hmm. makes it potentially very interesting. So, yeah, I mean, it's It's, interesting. it's a bit of Thargoids, and who doesn't love a Thargoid?
2: But they're not Thargoids, aren't they? They're just there's some kind of alien pod, which aren't... They act similar to some Thargoid ways, but they're not actual Thargoids themselves. Uh, all everyone's, everyone, everyone not human is a Thargoid. And even some humans have thyroid underneath them, especially the government. Oh, dear. Yeah. So basically, you're telling us that um, the club, whatever they are, are just basically Thargoids in, in human suits.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, the cl- it's, it's like QAnon say, the club uh, are, <laughs> the, the club are um, drinking the blood of children around the galaxy, uh, and have been for years. They're actually not even human, they're Thargoids dressed up as, as humans, wearing human
2: skin
4: suits. Etienne Dorn proves it. Yeah, absolutely that, yeah.
2: Okay, uh, and for everybody else, watch out as uh, Souverine and Shan will storm your local government building. Anyway, back to pretend spaceships. Aegis uh, uh, now supports the galactic summit, which um, the further calls have been made for galactic unity against the alien threat and they think that uh, a summit in Utopia would be a great idea. <clears throat> Isn't that going to be sort of a message to the Thargoids saying, you know, if you want to lop off the, the leadership, here's yeah. the place to attack. <laughs> Absolutely that. <laughs> Getting a bit of a Battlestar Galactica vibe on this one. Mm. Being led into a trap. Agreed. Uh, and finally, we have Fleet Admiral Vincent, um, the guy that's um, has allegedly blown up. Was it Space Force One? I can't remember whether it's called Space Force One it's, or Earth.
1: Uh, it's Starship One, I believe. Yeah. It's called um,
7: Starship One.
2: Starship One. Well, there we go. Um, the I'm getting my Babylon 5 mixed up again. Um, his trial has now been set for the 25th of January. So um, it's probably going to be a bit of a flashpoint around about that time. My birthday. Hey, excellent.
1: Uh, so, Elite, I, this will be the second time that something dramatic in Elite happens on my birthday. Uh, it was on my birthday uh, a couple of years ago that... Um, uh, Dent of uh shot someone in the Senate chamber.
2: Oh, um, that was the um, that pretender uh, prince, yeah. or rather, the prince that actually had more right to be the emperor than the emperor presently does. Oh,
1: meow!
4: <laughs> That's subversive talk coming from a, are coming you from say, a loyal I, I, empire supporter. Are you saying Are you saying the, the emperorship was stolen?
2: No, no, I'm not at all. I'm just say, observing that if you followed the genetics, then that's the way it goes. However, politics in the empire is slightly different, and you have to be more flexible in your outlook to make sure that you can work for the emperor.
4: <coughs> well, the words flexible and empire don't really go together, do they? <laughs> okay. I,
3: don't I, just know, I can you...
4: think of certain imperial senators who would be
2: quite flexible. You know, you really ought to stop fantasizing about uh, Denton Petraeus so much, Ben.
4: I, thought ben, was talking. I thought ben was fantasizing about Drew Wagar,
2: but here we go. <laughs> well,
4: he is,
3: he, he, he's related to Willy Wagar.
2: Well, that's, that's put an image in my head I didn't want. Right, okay. Um, and that's everything that's been happening in-game. So actually, when you, when you look at what's been happening in the last week, quite a lot... I mean, what does everybody think of the State of the Galaxy right now? I think it's poised quite nicely, actually. hmm Yeah, I can get that.
4: Karumba says Marlinism for the win.
2: They've gone quiet. <laughs> Wonder if that, that plot thread has now been resolved.
4: I don't think so. <laughs> No, the,
2: the Elite Dangerous Universe is
4: like um, Marvel Comics. No, nothing ever gets resolved, and they always manage
2: to uh, get a new twist from somewhere to keep it going. Yeah. I mean, it, it must have. all the revivals, sorry. Oh, go on then, too.
7: Yeah, like, you know, in the Marvel Universe, they keep reviving people no matter what they did or how they died.
4: No one ever dies in a comic book, not as long as they still sell copies.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's it's like there will never be peace in the Star Wars galaxy as long as long as those movies make a lot of money.
4: <laughs> it can't be called Star Peace, can
2: it? Because you know. <laughs> that would be Yeah, but funny. no, but it's a bit it's a bit sad really that, you know, you come back to these characters and they've never known a peaceful period. They've always had to be fighting for thirty years. When you think about it, it is actually just as grim as Warhammer forty K. It's just got a shinier side on it. The thing is, conflict makes people
4: interested. And as you say, if it was just people talking, or if in Sooth Cave a bunch of hackers just typing, it would be pretty boring.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Isn't that basically what episode one was?
4: No, episode one had the joy that was Jar Jar Binks.
2: Actually, it's quite funny. The, the, four, the um, Star Wars groups I've been talking to, they've re. They've re-evaluated their thoughts on episodes 1, two, 3, and they're thinking, "Well, I think they're better now."
4: Yes, i everybody I'm better has. Better, I, better than the last, better than the Rise of Skywalker,
2: uh, just slightly. Yeah,
4: is that benchmark? Is that it's okay? They've now found a Star Wars movie more rubbish than Episode One, so therefore, Episode One is okay now.
2: I think yeah, this is well, how
1: humans work, though. I think this is just this is a general human thing of. Something's come out that's uh that I feel is uh that I'm enraged about. Um and therefore I will feel better about what I was I used to be enraged about. I no doubt something will come out in ten years' time or twenty years' time that is much shitter than Rise of Skywalker. And we'll all go we'll all start revising our <laughs> attitudes of
4: that and we'll be like, oh, actually, see, see that really sounds so- that sounds like something Dominic Cummings would come up with. What
1: my what I've just said or what I've just
4: described? No, the, no, the, the, what you just described. You know, oh, it's oh, it's um, Brexit is less crap than it should have been, so
2: therefore it's okay. <laughs> uh, don't
4: know, not sure.
2: Right, That's well, well, we're going anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to move on uh, from a galaxy far, far away back to here. Even though <laughs> I do find it quite ironic that most people now think the Phantom Menace is the third worst Star Wars movie. <laughs>
1: I think yes, Phantom, Phantom Menace is pretty good. I quite liked it.
2: So, um,
4: yeah. I mean, so, fair, but... fair dues to J.J. Uh, Abrams and the uh, directors of the last set of films will be able to make a film that was worse than Phantom
2: Menace. I mean, that takes real talent.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no!
2: Oh, that wonderful Darth Vader impersonation there by Soov. That was, that was really good.
4: That
1: wasn't me. That was Ben. That
2: was me. Was it? Well, it's normally, it's normally Sue, you see, doing, doing daft things like that, you see. It is normally me. We have had uh, a store alert. Store
1: alert.
2: Thank you. <laughs> I think we're going to have to record that. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week, the fantastic Anaconda Predator packs were made available. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad someone's excited. <laughs> Predator pack, does, does that
4: mean you see everything in infrared and ultraviolet? No, it makes your ship look as if a
2: predator's watching you. <laughs> 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 uh,
4: Kai wants you that. to finish the song, the uh, store alert song.
1: <laughs> there is no song. Well, there should be. <laughs> we, we should make a song. That would be great, actually. We should make a store alert song. Store alert, nobody cares. Store alert, nobody fucking cares, store alert, we've all got our ship kits already. Store alert, leave us alone and put useful things in the newsletter. Hey, uh M2, could
3: you snip that out and give us an MP3 of it, please?
7: Already <laughs> <be> on it. <laughs> That's, That's it.
2: That's it. That's the new one we all leave on. Forget the Uranus talk. This is the new outro.
1: Oh, that's oh, you've been you've been dying for something to replace your Uranus quote, haven't
2: you? (laughs) You've been you've been dying for something for to replace my Uranus. (laughs) I
1: specifically meant the quote, but uh, but you know whatever.
2: I don't know. I'm quite attached to this one to be honest. Your are <laughs> tapping Uranus. Well, I expect
4: it to be are. <laughs> oh, just
1: just keeping the
3: tape running for you guys uh, for the end of the show.
4: <laughs> Good,
2: thanks, thanks.
4: Right, um, <laughs> Matt Winston actually, actually soothed. Matt Winston improved on your lyrics. All right, yeah. In the Twitch chat,
1: uh, I'm not in the Twitch chat. I will go there now.
4: It's almost worth seeing that one. Actually,
1: I shouldn't be so <laughs> mean about uh, about. Frontiers Store Alerts. I'm, I'm, I know that it's all in good faith, and lots of <laughs> the, lots the of video store games sell cosmetics. I just find that the the idea that we should be excited about the store quite amusing.
2: Yeah, Karumba's now said the Store Alert song should be epic. Use Oklahoma as a reference.
7: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never well, listened actually to
7: that. one thing in reference to the Store Alert song. not well, Store Alert, just give us new ships already. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't even. I'm not even sure there is a song. I don't know where this idea of a story that song has come from.
2: Because you improved something which was very funny about um, a couple of weeks ago before before we we signed off, and it got Kai Zen quite um, rolling. Excited. In the floor.
1: All right, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember singing anything,
2: but um, oh, well, will oh, we'll have to go back. Um, Good. Oh, Sue! So, so Kai's actually put in the, in the chat that uh, nobody so gives it. a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: wasn't a song, though. That was just a refrain. Store alert, and nobody gives a shit.
0: <laughs> I think so, I yeah. it, actually.
2: So, so basically, there you go, Kai. You've had your own unique leave radio special request. <laughs> we
0: could
1: record it. We could record it. It was a duo.
4: A duo,
2: Sue and Kai. Right, right. I'm, I'm stopping this now. We're going to need to go to an ad break just for you lot to calm down after the excitement of the store alert. So, And when Chris, we come back, Sue will give us a song that him and Kyle <laughs> just made
4: up. It's like, it's like yeah. the Michael McIntyre show, you know, where they go off and they do something. You know, no, I, I think...
2: I think we'll save such a, a wonderful news item till next week's show. So just to give him a little bit of time to let it simmer and come up with. You're a, with... too kind. Yeah, I am. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and we'll be we'll be back with our main discussion
6: after these messages. Have you been missold PPI? Python protection insurance was missold. If you didn't want it, ask for it or need it.
7: I was missold Python Protection Insurance and I got a claim worth 3,000 credits.
6: At Cowell McGrath, we are ready to pursue claims for pilots who were sold PPI, even though they didn't have an escape pod. When my partner's ship was destroyed, the insurance became invalid. I settled out of court for enough credits to restart my narcotics and weapons
0: shipping business.
6: Millions have been missold Python Protection Insurance they can never claim, simply because they don't have an escape pod. Why should you pay for not reading the small print?
7: My husband was missold PPI. As a result of our claim, we now own Jupiter.
6: Carolyn McGrath, turning your carelessness into profitable lawsuits. Hi, I'm Trent Stephen Findlis Jr. and I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name's Pete and I'm a long-distance haulier. I drive a Puma, shipping farm machinery from Listie to Swayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard-working blue-collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back, I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, I did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is Pete! How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics, we aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple.
7: Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit.
6: And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent, that sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts, no need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Finderlist Cryogenics, now at your local spaceport.
7: Finderlist Cryogenics because the family that grows old together goes cold together.
2: (laughs) Welcome back. I should point out in that advert, that advert was really done around the fact that when you were flying in Frontier First Encounters and Frontier, you would lose a week, week and a half, jumping in hyperspace. So when you think about it, if you did have a, a wife at home, or uh, a family at home, yeah, you would miss out a couple of weeks every trip. and Before you know it, you're still 28, and they're a lot older. Anyway, our main discussion this week is we put a, a call to everybody uh, via Twitter, on the forums, and on Facebook. Um, basically, before we uh, look forward to Odyssey again, we thought we'd just review and and see what everybody's best memory of elite has been so far so what I'm going to do is uh, we'll go around the crew first uh, and then we'll we'll dip into the forum thread uh so let's let's start with commander shan you said you've uh, got two
4: yes i have yeah um for for good reason so um anyway the the, the, the first one was i think it was back in late January, um, after really launched, I think it was January 15th, I think it was. And, um, I'd gotten myself to competent combat rank in the meantime. And then the, the CG, the war in Lou happened. And I thought, well, okay, I'll really go and I'll try and get combat elite. And, um, so I spent 32 hours solid playing in the CG, at Lou and with you went through um, that and with me all that time was uh, a friend of mine who's played a bit of elite but um he wasn't playing at the time and um we've been friends for about 14 years at the time he was one of my friends in guild wars and guild wars and he was actually one of the six people who actually knew my real name so he like he was really close And um, he just spent all the thirty-two hours on voice chat, just chatting about nonsense and stuff like that. And what I remember was, at the time, there was no indicators, there was no percentage figure, so you kind of killed a few, and you had no idea how far or how long you were at the time. So I remember it was like thirty-two hours, and then I, I got combat elite. And one of the sort of bittersweet things about this memory is uh, a few years later, a couple of years ago, actually, um, this friend of mine was killed in a motorcycle accident. Oh, God. Uh, and, you know, I, to be honest, I still miss him. You know, he sounds very mushy and stuff like that, but you a close friend for 14 years. You know. Uh, it doesn't sound mushy at all. <laughs> no, it was just, a, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it was such a, such a sad loss. But that's, that's why, you know, the bittersweet, memory really that he he, wasn't, you know, he didn't have to he was that sort of guy, he didn't have to stay on voice chat with me for 32 hours solid, keeping me company but he knew getting combat elite was important to me and because it was important to me, it was important to him and yeah, so that was probably my most overriding memory of, of elite um, but my second one is a bit happier and it's probably the most difficult thing I've ever done in elite and uh, this was when Ed Lewis had made his way out to Beagle Point and was trying to get back in a ship of 27 light years at uh, Jump Range. And he got stuck in the abyss, and I don't know if you guys remember it, but he every lunchtime he'd have his biscuit review and he'd have his journey home. But he got stuck in the abyss and had no way of navigating out. So I, I remember going on to Skype chat with him, And by using uh, trigonometry and things like that, I plotted him a route 65,000 light years away based on the angles on his screen to look for the next jump point. Um, So that was hard, doing that for him. Uh, That was probably quite satisfying because he he got to his biscuits and he helped him out and it it was all good. But yeah, that's my two This 32-hour stint with my friend and helping Ed Lewis out of the abyss from
2: 65,000 light years away. That's astonishing. Okay, then Sue, your turn.
1: Uh, mine are nowhere near as altruistic. Uh, my probably my the, my most laugh out loud. Oh my god, this game rocks! Moment was actually quite recently. It was probably about two years ago, or maybe maybe eighteen months ago, and it was when I first soloed a um, a thyroid interceptor. Um, I was I'd been practicing with some friends, and uh, we'd blown up loads of times, um, and I. Uh, I it was when I um I sort of just decided that I'd plug away at it and see see how far I got. And I, I I didn't I never I've never thought of myself as a particularly good combat pilot, so I didn't think it would come to anything. Um, and when I finally got it down to like ten percent, and I realized that I was gonna like, I, I, actually it blew up in front of me, with, and I I um, I was like, oh, it's acting a bit weird, and I realized that it gone, I it, it exploded before I realized that it had gone into its death animation. Um, and I, I actually, I had the VR headset on, and I actually shouted, I, I actually sort of exclaimed in delight because it was such a wonderful feeling. It was this, you know, absolutely. Oh my god, I can't believe this game is this good. I can't believe I've, I've just bested what is a pretty stiff challenge. Um, it was just, it was just phenomenal. Really amazing sense of, of increased skill and achievement, and, uh, and just really visceral as well, especially in VR. Um, absolutely brilliant. One of the best gaming memories I've ever had. Um, and then on a community perspective. I um I helped organize a few bits and bobs in Colonia in three three oh two and um, one of those was the uh the running man race that we did on a uh, on a, a canyon network on one of the planets out there. Um and uh, and we had about I can't remember it was must have been sort of twenty or forty people who who came and, and did it. Um and I think we did time trials as well as sort of a a set event on a given day. Um and um uh, organizing those races and arranging we arranged the the, the we arranged the players into two, into two heats, um, and, or two teams, sorry. And one team would race while the other team used their lasers to mark out the course, uh, like as race markers. Um, and the, the teamwork involved in that was really good fun. And, um, and the race itself was a really good track, it was really challenging. Um, and, uh, and it was just emblematic of, of how wonderful it was to be out in Colonia at, at that time.
2: Now that does sound cool, actually. Um, it, yeah, it was right. brilliant. Uh, oh, ben. Your turn. I have a sneaking suspicion about this, and I made a bet with Stephen Usher.
3: <laughs>
4: okay, it's not going to be that then. Oh,
2: um, right. Sure enough. <laughs> Damn,
4: lost. <laughs> now you've told him that, Colin, he's going to quickly use the time to think of another one.
3: <laughs> nah, I mean, I, I could be boring and go off and say things like the launch event and things like that, but I'm, I've been trying to think of an g- in-game event that isn't Distant Worlds 2 and all that other... Awesome, awesome stuff that's been going off. And I actually think one of my best events that I remember in game was I'd just gotten my very first Type 9. And I was doing bulk trading in it. Mm-hmm. And I I found a route that was only a couple a couple of jumps away. Um and not massively long in, hyper, in Super in Supercruise sort of getting to the station. But I basically, I was flying my brand new Type 9 without a rebuy. And the butt clenching whilst it was going on, and then the relief of making it there was absolutely awesome. And then that then combined into doing that with another couple of commanders. Um, and actually being able uh, using that and flying with those guys uh was able to save up and get my first anaconda,
2: yeah, I must admit it's does flying without a rebuy actually enhance the gameplay, <laughs> or yeah. is it just a case of um yeah
3: <laughs> i mean i I was aware of the risks, you know I knew don't fly without a rebuy, but I was also like I can you know if I fly without this rebuy. I'll be making, you know, God knows how much extra profit by trading these slaves or palladium. I think it was pro- it was probably those things back in the day. Um, you know, if I ignore the the last ten million of palladium, then that <laughs> means I can actually go and take a hundred tons of the stuff rather than ten tons of the stuff. Right. And that yeah. that, that was a big difference. And was like, I'm gonna, you know, I was doing it in open. I bought the bit of the bullet and, you know, we got it done and it was fi- fine. But, yeah, that, that butt clenching really was awesome,
4: as it were. <laughs> so, so would you then um, <clears throat> promote the uh, Iron Man way of playing Elite so that's you clear your save once Elite you Rogue. get destroyed? Elite
3: Rogue, Elite Rogue Edition sort of thing. Oh, I, I, I think play if everybody that. were doing it, yes. Oh no, definitely yeah. not. If if I were in a galaxy which only had other
4: Iron Man commanders, yeah, I could I could get behind that. Because you wouldn't care about flying without Reed. By then, would you? Well,
3: you you're dead is dead, isn't it? Um, but I wouldn't. You know, in in the galaxy as we currently have it. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. Where you know, you people will murder you for shits and giggles.
4: They don't even want your stuff. I mean, that was back in the days when you could, yeah, appear in uh, you know, come out of super cruise, um, at a space station and end up inside the space station.
0: Well, yeah,
3: <laughs> there is that too.
2: Mm. Well, the, the the one problem that, well, in my experience, um people. Even if it is an Iron Man mode, people will still gank you, and uh, <laughs> that's just human nature, especially in yeah. Because like your salty tears they, they will outweigh
4: the uh, the giggles they've got from inflicting said salty tears.
2: Yeah, ex- well, I think, um, but yeah, I do. I mean, I've I've seen it in other MMOs where you know that is there is permadeath and. Um, It doesn't stop people um, from being ganked. And I must admit, if, say, I'd got up to, say, dangerous, and I had a bad day, because all it takes is one bad day or one bad trip, and you lost everything down to a sidewinder, and you had to start all over again after 500,
1: 600 hours. That sounds great. That sounds like just the experience I'm looking for. Really? No. (laughs) I don't understand people who... Who want
2: that? It sounds utterly, utterly rubbish. And well, no, that would be a, a wipe the game and not come back to it for at least six months, if at all.
1: Yeah, I've I've had a cu- I've had a couple of moments where I very nearly rage. Well, yeah, I've had a couple of moments where I've have stepped away and I've been like, you know, what? I'm going to go for a walk. I'm I'm just stop playing Elite for a while.
2: <laughs> yes, one of those. Um, let's see, what would mine be? Well, uh, I mean, I would like. Uh, But as Stephen Usher has mentioned, Mm. or we will be mentioning his favorite moment, uh, I, I think it's unfair for me to use it. So I will use instead, the controversially, the genosis event.
1: Interesting. That is controversial.
2: Now, you have to remember, my experience with it was a lot different to what most of the other people did. Because I was ill at the time, so basically I missed out on the news being generated early and the by the time I had logged in they had fixed the problem with the uh the the mega ship. So basically it didn't fire on you or fine you uh for defending it, which uh, that was that was a bit of a, a sort of clanger. But the experience that I had, um especially with the other commanders that were still about, uh, of defending that ship. Reminded me so much of Battlestar Galactica, and it was it was, um, and again, it I couldn't have done it. I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much in solo, uh, but because there were other commanders and a lot of them about, and there was all a coordinated effort to keep those um, scouts away from the ship, it w- it was fantastic flying around the, the ship like that. And I do wish that there were more scenarios and things like that, like that, or so well, they were wonderful. easier to get to. Because oh, you you, you do that. have scenarios where you can defend an installation or an attack an installation, but they seem to be very hard to come by. And whenever I, know, I do I mean, come you, by by them? You just I'm always in the wrong ship. If you just go to a scenario, they
1: trigger up. They trigger after about ten minutes or so. What in every single one? Uh, reliably, yeah. Occasionally, I found that that they don't, but at least fifty percent of the time, they they trigger it within ten minutes. They'll say, "Commander, so-and-so's attacking. Can you help us by doing X, Y, Z? It, it, it's a little bit more... It, it's more like a CG with, with a static asset. As, sorry, it's, it's not a CG. It's more like a conflict zone with a static asset in the middle of it than it is the Gnosis mm-hmm. event. Um, so I, I, I think the Gnosis event was a little bit of a one-off. Um, but, um, but yeah, if, 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 it's, if it's scenarios you're after, just rock up with a combat ship and um, to an installation and hang about for 10 minutes, and it should trigger.
2: Technically, because Ben's been hanging around the lay station bar for so long, it should trigger.
3: <laughs> the, lay, uh, the lay station bar is not an installation, but oh, uh, isn't it? just, no, it's a bar. But I've, I have headed off to Red Hope Acres and we'll see if something j-
2: drops in. Right, oh, I see. I'm,
3: I'm literally, it's just started up just now.
2: Well, a, a scenario has just started off just now. Yeah, yeah. well. There you go, that's what you call timing. Couldn't have planned that could we <laughs> so I mean that's that's our little um selection um now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the uh, uh the forum posts uh read them out to them who's who's said them uh and I just want everybody's quick thoughts about um various uh items as we go through. so first off we had uh uh Exanfa. Uh, who has said that his, that his best um, memory is the first time he docked? Uh, and in his case, premium beta? Uh, no. first docking. How does everybody feel about your first docking? Nobody forgets the first. I mean, I forgot my first.
4: <laughs> I... I... Go, go, Shannon and then I'll come in. Yeah, no, it was interesting. I'm trying to remember back, and it felt like trying to back. A camper van into a supermarket parking space. Well, the first time I did it, because you you completely have no idea how big your ship is, <laughs> and of how big the docking slot is. So the first time you go in, you're going really slow, and you oh, crumbs! I'm going to hit the sides." But the reality is, you've got tens of meters between you. But yeah, the first time the the tow track seems very small, and your side wanders very big. Particularly, sorry when you. Um, Go back to eighty four elite
2: when if you got your docking wrong it was game over. But here it's much more forgiving. Okay. Um well that was that was the first one. Um next we've got VR Max Factor has said uh, for him it was the Lou War against the evil feds. Um now I think who was involved here in the Lou War? I was, yep. that was one I did my 32 asked oh, in That was awesome. We've got Geo Man who says for him it's been tracking down the galaxies hypergiants from star catalogs going there via Mm -hmm. various permit locks and finding an unexplored one. Um, That is the first time I've come across someone who's said that exploration is their favourite bit. I never thought of uh, actually going around and finding the biggest stars you can.
3: Yeah, I like the idea of actually using the star catalogs, though, to find the data.
2: Yeah,
1: that's
3: that's a great idea. And it's using real-world science... find in-game stuff, which is freaking
0: awesome.
2: Yeah. Okay, next up, we have Ikin Bosch. Now, he says he's got too many to mention, uh, but the one that's top of his head is, going back to the very start, he got onto a res in uh, Liste with a brand new eagle and a couple of bursts. Dogfighting between the rocks, audio visuals the scenery, the way the ship handled. It was almost a perfect realisation of the child me space adventurer, power fantasy. So yeah, that's, that's, that is always a, a notable moment. The first time you, you enter a, a combat zone in a, in a combat fighter. Yeah. That is a very good moment. Yeah. It's nice to be reminded that, you know, these occasions happen. (laughs) Next we have, um, CG fifty one, who's basically um, agreeing about the first time docking, and then we've got Good Doc. Uh, now he says that his best memories was with the original Ramtar mission, which sure. um, was going out to the new sites, sites and trying to work out the combinations of the obelisks to get all one hundred and one scans. Oh, that! I've... Anyone done that? And anybody do it without using the wiki? I've not done that, sadly. No, oh, it's it's um, yeah, it's 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 complicated, but worth it. Um, next, we have Alec Turner, right? Well, now, as, as we know, Alec is uh, one of one of the stalwarts of the community, but he's going to go for the first great planetary expedition, which is the when everybody decided to circumnavigate a uh, an entire planet. Like uh, like distant worlds do, just in their SRVs, and they had fifty people all going around Kume in the Chi Hercules systems. I remember this happening. Did anybody actually take part?
1: I visited them on a meetup, um, and it looked awesome. It, there's not been an event like that. It was it was really original, very very different to most of the most of what goes on in the community.
4: Do we think Alec will do a on foot version
2: of this? <laughs> around the world in 80 days
4: that sounds incredibly
2: boring you never know, it might be quite interesting
4: I, I thought I had a picture of him do you remember in Forrest Gump where Forrest Gump starts off walking
2: yeah. <laughs> and then more
4: yeah. people joining it'd be like that wouldn't it he'd have a little <laughs> smiley flight suit on, it'd be like Forrest Gump across the planet
2: <laughs> now Jay Franklin, 18 now he says one which is quite popular um, firing up VR for the first time I have the yet very to first up... time, though. Like, oh, yeah, for the first time in 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 VR. Him. Him. Surely, for, right.
1: surely, your first time in VR is spent messing around with the controls, swearing, trying to get the super sampling right. Like, surely, surely, the most amazing time in VR is like your sixth or seventh. Like, I'm, I'm, if if he managed to make his very first time in Elite in VR the best time, his best memory, then he's a he's a a better um, tech wrangler than I am, certainly.
4: I can relate to that though, because I remember seeing um, my first ever experience of VR was at a Lade Con. And I think it was uh, Stephen Usher, I think, um, gave me a go in his Oculus. Um, mm. be, not, the, not the launch one, the, the can't remember it's called DK2. The DK2, that's the one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so none of it was focused in, it was really blocky and et cetera, like that. But it was that wow moment. So I can get I can what he's saying.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll have to agree with you that. With you, with that, there was um, uh, me. Uh, I, this was this happened to me at Fantastic one. I think it was uh, either Crash or or Stephen had brought along their their DK two, and um, I, I sat down uh, and they let me in and played with that for for about through two of the scenarios, and at the end, I just had to take the headset off and just went. 'Cause at that moment I knew that this had just been a complete and utter game changer as far as immersion and games is concerned. And I was just there thinking this this is the kind of thing that I wanted when I was a kid. And even you know, when you compare the DK two to what we've got now, it's it's absolutely rubbish and horrible. But it was just the the sense of being in your ship. Yeah. It managed it managed to do that, which was
1: Yeah. Bennett, the, sense you got- pres- the sense of presence in VR is is amazing. That that was that was why that my first Thargoid kill was so good. It was it was a marriage of this is quite hard. Um I uh I didn't really expect to be able to do it, and the the, the sense of presence because of VR. I, I felt like I'd actually, I was actually there and I, and rather than a player in a game had achieved something that i you know, me as a space pilot being being there had achieved it.
2: Well, Ciara has um made Uh, Quite a few suggestions, but I'm going to go and choose this one. Um, They recently bought a fleet carrier. And beforehand, he dropped a lot of gripes and moans about how bug they were, how expensive it was all, how refueled costs all would uh, have been. But since getting one, since last Friday, he's been blown away and completely in love with it. Now he still thinks he might be in the, the honeymoon period, but for for him it's probably gotten back into loving the game and just mucking about with something um that's that's his that's that's unique and his. I mean fair play there because I, I didn't think we'd get anybody say anything about fleet carriers under the subject, but it's nice to know that, that someone's fallen in love with them.
4: Uh, well, I, we, I haven't done it yet, but one thing I would suggest to them is uh, get your fleet carrier full of other people's ships and then decommission it, like we
2: said last week, and let us know how it goes. They just oh, you yeah, you're not, you're not willing to do it yourself. Then.
1: The, the, the ships just end up floating in space. You don't you don't you don't particularly. Um, uh,
2: yes, but it. to
4: get the, to get them back, said player has to ship them back to a station, so it costs them quite a bit of money and
2: time. Oh, oh, right. Okay, so basically you want to to have people dock with you, you'll jump as far away as possible, say Beagle Point, and then you'll decommission the carrier so they've got to transfer, they've got massive costs to come back.
4: That's really evil thought. Colin TV had the thought. About. Colin, Colin had the evil thought. I did not even think of doing that. You just led Colin down the evil path. No, oh, Colin led himself
2: down the path.
3: I suspect you were tempting him there, matey.
2: No, no, no. I am just I am just um, uh, speculating on how Shan would try and, and cause as much... Uh, listen as much... to it. Listen to it. I did not say that. I was
4: going to say... he We know it, you were thinking it.
2: And people wonder why he, no one wants to use the shenanigans carrier, you know.
4: Anyway, bottom hat said his most memorable uh, thing was jumping through a station when dropping in on a wing beacon. Uh, Yes, your trousers go a very different colour when that happens.
1: Does he mean clipping through it?
4: Yes.
2: Hmm. Interesting. I I didn't think you could clip through it. I've clipped through them
1: before when you you jump in. Yeah. If you're in a
3: wing, I don't know if it still happens, but it used to happen very reliably. And I guess in a similar vein, there's been a couple of times when I've Jumped in through another star. That's interesting as well.
7: Um, I remember that you... actually
4: fly through another star? Yeah. Yes. Mm. It's usually with a binary system, wasn't it? As well, you yep. jump through one star and then you come out on the other side of the other star. And oh. you...
3: <laughs> you do that, and you 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 do that while you're out on your way to Beagle point or colonia, and the immediate panic followed by the endorphin rush of oh my god I'm alive is amazing
2: (laughs) well we've got Ratcatcher up next he says um, he's flying his main account out to Colonia chock full of materials responding to Operation Montgomery Scott post by uh, Fistio uh, asking for help boosting the Colonia engineers and then getting to meet the man himself. Could this be as a certain Don, I wonder? Ah. Did he get some nice sausages? Mm. Um he says it it may not sound much, but being in at the start and the end and getting to mix with a couple of known gankers was quite a buzz, he said. So I'm I'm not aware of what Operation Montgomery Scott was, uh, but I'm glad he's you know. Uh We're glad you're having fun. Yes. <laughs>
1: That is what we're glad about. I've never heard of it either. I suspect by the context that it was a ganking thing.
4: Yeah, it (laughs) it does go to show gankers are people too, doesn't it?
2: Are they? Really? Not sure about that. Really? Anyway, Bird Wisdom uh, says the best WoW experience for him was Horizons when he could land on a planet for the first time. uh, That's up there with the first docking.
1: That was pretty cool. I'm pretty sure I got trapped under the surface. Do you remember that bug? I'm sure I got
2: <laughs> yeah. trapped under the of you Oh, you of, just fall wouldn't you you just yeah, fall into
1: yeah,
4: yeah. the planet yeah i have got to
1: admit that a lot of people saying that the the first of something was their best moment like i it, my first experience of doing most things in the game aren't particularly memorable because they um because they were either a, a because a, a, I screwed it up or b that i i was faffing with tech or or c it was um it was so long ago that it was you know i, I it, it just wasn't. Um, it's just sort of faded into into the mists of time.
4: But no, um, I can write. No, I can write the first of stuff being good because yeah,
1: okay. I, I've still still got a really... lot of people are saying it, which is really nice. Um, it's really nice that they still remember those.
4: Yeah, and it's not just the first time you did something in game. I remember my first time at LaveCon um i was like really shy and unassuming just kind of flirt you know floating around the back kind of looking at people in in awe of seeing people like crash for the first time and 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 things like that and then uh this uh player called jmc neil who unfortunately died a, a couple of years later but he was the he was the one who sort of pounced something oh hi i'm see what's your commanding, And then he sort of dragged me along, and then I got me more involved with the community. So, yeah, it was the first time you go somewhere, even if it's not as successful as you think it might be, it's still memorable.
2: Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, no, um, Power Play uh, expert, Rubber Nuke, um, he said, not in the game, but he's loved his first 30 page forum PvP mega battle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. Um and then we have um our old friend uh Vintian. Now he says that his favourite one is the second Hutton convoy with Ed Lewis at the head. Uh they plotted a route through dangerous space where the Dastardly Dawn had brought his evil minions to an attempt to interdict the convoy and steal the cargo. They had two hundred plus ships all heading on a twenty jump route, all broadcast live. Um yeah, well it's it is the is the truckers Uh, when they started organizing things they certainly started organizing things um
3: that he managed to get ed to swear live on air
2: (laughs) it was yeah so um yes for those new uh listeners ed lewis was um a previous community manager who is well beloved mostly for for um Mr. Blobby and Ed Normans. So, you um, <laughs> had to be there. Um, we've got Commander Osric now, who's got plenty of good memories, um, but he thinks it will be dropping guns from his starting Cobra, buying a fuel scoop, and heading out to the Pleiades cluster with an 11 light year jump range and a 100 light year route plotter and manacle NPCs that would follow you to the end of the galaxies. It's just said that I had been able, when the realisation, when I finally got there, that I'd been able to fly my favourite object in the night sky, in a game, was very special. (laughs) Now now that one is definitely um, interesting, because if you were smuggling rare items, didn't the pirates come after you no matter where you were in the galaxy. They did, yes. Did they still do that? No. Oh.
4: <laughs> I, want to, I do remember having one tag along behind me for something like 15,000 light years once.
2: But yeah, they don't do it anymore. Right. Um, next we have Fish172. Um, the best moment was the day it went live in beta. Um, and he thought, after all those years, I'm back. And then promptly blew up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, yeah, that that definitely mirrors your first experience in 1984 Elite. Wow, this is great. I better dock with the station. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got Speedcuffs, who says his best memory is the first time landing on a dark surface site with a T9. <laughs> <laughs> I, I take it the dark surface site is that a guardian's thing, or oh. just a just a? Uh,
1: I think any he just means
3: any kind of place that you can land with a, with a beacon. Yeah, there's dark.
4: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, this this will be pre night vision, won't it?
3: Oh, I love night vision, Gog. Oh, that's so good.
4: Yeah. Um. We've anybody got...
1: else... Sorry, no gone no oh, go on uh, the, i have a i have a, a, a moan with night vision it really annoys me that, that it's rendered on the screen rather than on the um and therefore in vr it uh, on the actual lenses rather than in the game world on your canopy like mo- most things most ui elements are rendered on the canopy itself so if you move your head in vr they stay where they are um and um, and it means that if your canopy blows out they um uh they they disappear, obviously, because the canopy's gone. Um but night vision, it's rendered on the screen or slash VR lenses rather than in the game world itself. Uh which means that in VR it moves with your head. It's it's really it's really discombobulating. It, it it's such a minor moan. But um I remember during the during the beta they the devs talked a lot about how, how much thought they'd they'd put into how the HUD works and the cockpit and everything. And and I used to really like the that it worked like that and then and then the night vision thing came out and i was like why have you forgotten this why have you why have you abandoned that philosophy um, anyway does any, probably, any other vr uh, user here noticed that
2: yeah probably. it's probably because that would have been a bit hard, harder to code than doing the whole thing maybe who knows? <laughs> yeah how do
4: you know to, um, how do you know to, sorry how do you know the night vision isn't being superimposed over your retinas so yeah, it could be.
1: Yeah, that's that's good. That's good hand wavium I like that. That's that's excellent hand wavium Shan.
2: Yeah, just just let like the computer interprets all the actions around you and gives you your own soundscape.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Mac, Mac thinks it might be on your sunglasses.
2: Fair enough. My commander does wear sunglasses. Ah, oh, that that'll be why then. Um, Chaparral, he's got well, in inter- in there's lots of general fun. Um, but his, he says that Salome was fun. The first capital ship experience was awesome. But he says his first time he was hyper predict, addicted was probably it. Now this actually comes up a lot, and we'll probably be going over and uh, mentioning people who have been who found that their first hyper addiction was was a high point. But now, Sue, you play in VR all the time, don't you? Yeah so what what was it like for you in the first hype addiction you got
1: uh i think i i've been playing in vr nonstop since 28 since october 2018 um mm. and my first hyperdiction was earlier than that so my first hyperdiction was on a on a monitor and all oh, right got you I, I was just like oh wow that's cool um i it's happened to me in vr and it is remarkable but it, it was less remarkable because i knew what's going to happen
2: gotcha um, well, yeah, I mean, I was well behind the curve when hyperdictions were happening. Um, I, no matter what I did, I couldn't get hyperdicted at all. Ben, <laughs> you managed to, you managed to get hyperdicted before me, didn't you?
3: Quite possibly. I remember I was out in, Cl- not in Cl- in the Pleiades when Pleiades, I got yeah. for the first time. Um, can't even remember what I was doing out there, but yes, it's always been fun.
4: Yeah, I think I was, yeah. um, I think I was, I think it was, a day or so after it, it first appeared with my first heart prediction. And I was on a, a live stream. I think it was the Hammers of Slough that was streaming at the time. And it almost felt like the Hindenburg moment when the um, reporter is trying to explain on the radio, the Hindenburg, what was going on because no one had sort or very few people had seen it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was pretty amazing. You didn't know whether you actually survived or not because it was that, you know, violent a thing to happen.
2: Yeah. I mean, to begin with, it it was basically just a cutscene, wasn't it? Uh and then <laughs> then they've managed to put it in and they do fire on you if if they're not happy with you for some reason. Which <laughs> yeah. I've had a, a several when when I'm carrying components for the guard ramtar missions and you get hyperdicted and you know that those Thargoids won't like what they've what you've got in your cargo bay, that is a that is a sphincter-twitching moment, it really is.
4: <laughs> what I liked about the whole thing was because the whole, it sparked a whole new thread of science. Because you, what I would do, you'd carry a whole load of escape pods around in your mm. ship, and then you'd like drop them when the Thargoid appeared, just to see whether the Thargoid would eat them up or what, you know, what they would do to them. And then mm. you'd drop various commodities to see how they reacted. But, of course, you first of all thought of escape pods. Well, yes, because no one at the time, the Guardian stuff wasn't really in the game so much. They're trickier to
2: get, so escape pads were easier to find. <laughs> um, we've got Artyach. He's he's. They're saying um, basically first moments since donning the VR helmet. But the one that springs to mind is the first great planetary expedition, which he was working with um, uh, Alec Turner. Um, VR Mad Mike is definitely the first time in beta at a Cor- Coriolis station and undocking and facing an Earth-like world in a bland, brand new Oculus Rift DK2. Yes, that, that would be one of those jaw-dropping moments. Also, we have, um, we've got some darn guy. Um, he's basically, uh, he had fun, oh, he had fun around the genosis as well. Well, after the Thargoids uh, pulled it out of which space, so I wasn't the only <coughs> the only one who had uh, who enjoyed that one um, Osashis, um he's there with the um, the 8WD Endurance Championship the, the Scarab Rally Racing um, last race of the series Alec Turner and himself were so close from points for second place uh, and they both went out to win the stage I mean those uh Scarab rally racing things. They're fantastic to watch. I, I don't think I'd ever be good enough to, to, to run it. Uh we got Naked Murder th- Murder 3R. Uh when he had a fistful of credits and he A rated his Fregal and he managed to stay in a blind spot of a of an Anaconda and a res and took it down by slowly chipping away its hull. That goes back to what you were saying about um Learning the skill and finally achieving that level of skill isn't it um so yeah,
1: yeah it's it, it, elite is skill based and therefore when you when you first do something that is not for beginners, it is much more rewarding than it is in a lot of games um because you you in a in a very real sense you have got better at something that's not very easy um and elite is a very very good game for uh delivering those moments
4: do you think that's because certainly initially the price of failure is comparatively high uh
1: yeah that plays into it certainly yeah i, I th- that that is the other side of the coin yeah definitely um I, I mean i i lost a lot of ships before i um before i killed a thargoid um and uh and it made that victory taste all the sweeter
2: um here we go uh we have uh g 97 um, he arrived at the Omega Mining Station in his uh, his DW two, which is the you know the Oculus Rift. Uh, in his DBX, oh hang on, in with DW two, oh Distant Worlds two, all right. Hmm. In his uh, his DBX, uh, boost, boosting into the station and meeting a friendly beluga. Um, yeah, I mean the Distant Worlds expeditions are a highlight for a lot of people. Um, but one thing that I am noticing in this is that it's e- it's either a first timer doing something, or it's doing something in a group.
1: Yeah, g- community stuff. Yeah, that's true. Actually, it is it, a lot of it is first time, and then community stuff. Elite is is made so much better by doing things with friends.
2: Yeah. Um, we've got M underscore seventy two. He's done Distant Worlds thirty three or two, Colonial Expedition, and Distant Worlds thirty three or five. So yeah. Again, fantastic uh, community exploration events uh, and chemo. Uh, I said um, mine would be dropping into a ring system for the first time in the, in the alpha, and you could not believe what FDev had produced. Hmm. Um, oh yeah,
4: ring systems in media yeah. were amazing. They Even yeah, I think probably think they're better than they are now. Would you say
2: how I? Oh, because there's been a lot of graphical downgrading. Uh, we we suspect it has something to do with the consoles. Interesting. I mean, yeah, Obsidian Ant noticed this that uh, we had a lot of uh, when you flew into the uh, flew around the gas giants and into the there seemed to be a lot more dense and a lot more foggy. Uh, and then all of a sudden, when and I think that was the Xbox One build came along, things seemed to clear up a bit. Ah,
1: interesting. That's a
2: shame. Uh, I mean, did you, did you find that, Shan? I did, yes. I
4: remember I was in, in my Cobra Mark III at the time, and I think I was fighting an asp inside the, the asteroid belt, and it was in the shadow of the, uh, of the planet. And it was dark, and it was misty, and it was mysterious. It almost felt you were playing hide-and-seek with the other ship, and, yeah, it looked immense. Now I think the asteroids are too clear, by and large they've kind of lost that foggy dusty kind of surround to mm. them it, yeah. it may just be kind of like the uh, the fogginess of memory and we always remember things are better they looked better than they actually were but i think it's definitely different
2: yeah um oh this was actually quite a nice one we've got this from orby one um, who says uh, i don't know if this counts but he brought elite dangerous on the day the country went into lockdown in April twenty twenty. Well I think that's that's not ours because we went into lockdown March, but it's pretty much all he's been doing ever since. And it has definitely saved his sanity. That's a, <laughs> nice that's a, that's a nice one. I I'll definitely agree with the fact that you can you know you can escape uh, from uh from certain situations in this game. Um Zeman uh, says he'll go back to completing his original quest to visit all the stars on in the erroneous constellation. Back when he did this, um, the engineers didn't exist, and jumping and collecting jumponium materials was much more difficult. And that would have been before they even mucked about with the uh, uh, with the stars. So he, <laughs> that would have been one heck of a uh, exploration trip. Um, we've got Agony Ant um, he says I don't think any experience can compare to that first time of starting up in the game, uh, just sitting in your ship and having no idea what you should do, but you're still looking around the station and the ship's flying around you, it's a <laughs> real wow moment and you only get to experience that once, although he does mention the first time you zoom out the galaxy map.
1: Oh yes oh my god, the fir- yeah. uh, first time you get a feel for using the galaxy map is amazing.
2: Yeah, that, that that's that's the moment when you suddenly think the total perspective vortex is real. And if you don't know what the total perspective vortex is, go look it up. It's, it's, it'll be too long for me to explain it. Um we have the Stella Shepherd. Um, he says taking part of Truffle Shuffle's shenanigans by accident. <laughs> I've got no idea what that is, but it, it seems to be a um That would be Truffle Shuffle was the
1: guy who uh, organized most of the anti-AXI stuff.
2: Right. Yes, because this was that
1: tried to PVP uh, AX pilots, basically.
2: Uh, It it was around Yang Hub, apparently, uh, and he didn't expect to be involved. And then all of a sudden, there was an energy surge detected. All the systems went offline. And before he knew it, he was involved in a major Barney with a thargoid Uh, (laughs) so yeah that would have been nice uh and we're beginning to to run out on on the forums now so internet issues tonight and i don't know why there's a couple
4: on the final page of that forum thread that kind of jumped out at me kind of card son mentions about rubigo mine remember rubigo and uh, he said, rising out of the belly of Rubigo mines, seeing the gas giant in all its glory with a cargo hold of slaves on the third or fourth time trying it, had no idea if it's going to make the high-stakes trip, having a third or fourth, but it's so exciting to try. First time in his life he'd ever had a genuine hand solo experience. And he, he mentioned rather sadly it hadn't happened since. So I remember Rubigo. That, that was fun.
1: Yeah, I, I I did a bit of that, and that was, that was really, really good fun. Um, yeah. High-stakes smuggling an elite is, is definitely squeaky bum time. Very, very good
4: time. The, the other one uh, was uh, by Craith, um, and they point out the whole story about the Cerberus Plague. Do you remember the Cerberus Plague? I do. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, overcome by cooperating pulling the greater good of individual profit and uh, grabbing rares to create a cure. Um, yeah, I remember Silver Flake. I wish they would do more stuff like that. I mean, it's pretty bad taste at the moment, I suppose. But, you know, it was a really original thing to happen in, mm. in the game. And, uh, yeah, I remember that. The other one they mentioned was Planet Wilson when Bombaloo Luigi got stuck in his SRV on a planet. And the yes. whole rescue operation to get him out of the deep canyon.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Was that
4: was brilliant. I love that. That was very, very cool. And what made it better was uh, the post on the forum by Luigi, who did it in character. (laughs) So he wrote the story as if he's actually in the SRV for real. Yes, I remember Planet Wilson. And didn't Frontier rename the moon? I don't remember. I I, I don't remember reading that they had. Uh, And the other one um, was, he says, the Epsilon Indie Bourbon CG, where the whole community again worked together and seemingly overcame impossible odds and nearly made Tier Eight uh missing it by a mere 749 tonnes. I don't remember that CD, do you? No, I don't remember that one. Lastly, he's put his VR headset and fly the Eagle for a Planet Ring. Or well, when he stands on the British T9 on Autodox and the whole VR experience again. Yeah. It's, it's pretty magical. MJC. Um, they got the third place in uh, DIG in Season 2 of the ED PvP League to mm. pre-engineers, so... Um, I don't re- I sort of remember the, the PvP leagues going on. It wasn't something I took part in, um, but I sort of remember it. And uh, sadly, a, a, another um, departed commander, um, Operator83. Yes. And uh, it passed from COVID a few months ago. And again, more PvP, the LP98-13234 Anarchy PvP, doing beta and gamma when the bubble was small and there was no salt. No hacks, and no engineers, and everyone was learning together. So yeah, mm. I remember those. I remember those PvP battles, because the bubble was only like 30-odd light years across. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his other memory was the Blue War of Independence. Interesting how that one keeps coming up, isn't it? Mm. Uh, he met a Commander with the only morning T 2 and uh, seeing Commander Braven in Super Cruise early on in the game, and not killing him, see, I always wished I could see David Braven in the game because I, I would, I would give him such a welcome and make him really happy.
2: <laughs> would that I've never be seen a welcome him with, with class three beam lasers by any chance?
4: No, no, I would. No, I, I would. Honestly, I mean, I've had the, I've had the privilege of meeting David in in real life, but no, I would not. I, I would, I would give him the proper. Worthy welcome.
1: Class three, hugs. (laughs) Yes,
4: and uh, the last one, I remember this. Truckers versus the Code. Beat a blowout. Cobras and Vipers. Do you remember that?
2: No, not this one. Um, I can feel old now. We've got so many more of these moments to bring up that I think it's better to move the rest of them to next week. So if you haven't heard yours, don't worry, we'll get to them. But the one I did want to to mention was Stephen Usher's <laughs> Stephen Usher's suggestion. When Live Radio was live broadcasting the exploration of a Thargoid ruin, what happens if you put a Guardian component into the machine at the centre of a Thargoid base? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good memory as well. <laughs> yeah. Ben you remember what that was like by any chance
3: we get a free barbecue
2: <laughs> yeah um for those of you who want to know what happened it's available on youtube in several cases, and um even mentioning it on uh, obsidian ant cut it out and even then he couldn't suppress the panic that was going through <laughs> everybody's voices as this <laughs> kicked uh-huh. off and I bet there were some guys at Frontier going, oh, wait till they do it. Wait till they do it. And then, boom, we did it. So, <laughs> Yeah, that, that was
4: funny. I did similar thing with Hammers of Slough, actually. I got them all really close to the uh, the structure and said, right, get ready. Get ready. And I, I sort of blocked them in and toasted them.
3: <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's kind of a rite of passage now for anyone who goes to see the Thargoid megastructure Uh, You've got to give it a Thargo, a Guardian device as well, just to to round things off.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's it's one of those moments where, you know, it's it's one of those typical elite dangerous, you've got to do this moments, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah.
4: it really is. I'd have loved to have been on the... uh, in on the design meeting when they said, oh, let's make this happen when they put a Guardian Ruin in and they kind to of have a real cackling show. I can just
3: picture Zach cackling at that, can't
4: you? Oh, it would be, yeah, he would be. be. well up for it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, what we'll do is we're going to step away from the, um, the main discussion uh, just quickly and just touch on, well, the Community Corner, which has had quite a lot going on for the last... Uh, just for the last couple of weeks. So, um, first of all, uh, the Dark Wheel are back from their holiday break and are pushing now. Um, we'll go into pending expansion this year to go into the Sol test site. After that, they're prepping to start an expansion into LFT 509. Uh, and this month is going to see them test their last two remaining sites. Um, also, Malik VR, well, we hope he enjoyed his week of fame with his Beagle Point run. This has been now utterly shattered by the previous record holder, Dr. Chives, with a time of four four hours, 18 minutes and 53 seconds. How the heck has he done that? Wow. I mean, that's, that's, what, an hour and a half quicker?
1: That's remarkable.
4: So if we, I'm just trying to work out the math of that. So if the average jump is 45 seconds, you know, the actual cutscene bit is 45 seconds. How many jumps is that?
1: It's not. The, the, the jump is 13 seconds. The minimum, minimum time you'll be in hyperspace is 13 seconds. Ang- angling yourself for the next jump might take a few more seconds. So that's, <coughs> there's no, there's no yeah, and I was always
3: thinking of for
4: scooping time as well.
3: That's so Colin, Dr. Chives is actually in Twitch just now and he's saying with a lot of fast jumping
4: <laughs> <laughs> I jumped yeah, really I, fast.
3: Yeah, I suspect there's a little bit more logistics than that, but yeah. Okay. Two sixty
4: seven two sixty seven jumps, Dr. Chives says.
3: That's a it's a hell of an achievement, champ.
2: Bloody hell, mate. I, yeah. Hats off to you. I mean, that's that. Fast
4: loops for that one. Dr. Um, the, the Charles, like, can I suggest you uh, rename
2: your ship Tigger? <laughs> 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 yeah, that, that's a good one. <laughs> right. Um, now, Ben, do you want to, to, to cover the next one uh, about um, Paige?
3: Okay, look, okay, I can do that. Uh, I need to scroll down to there and not crash into an asteroid while I'm doing it. That would be a good thing, wouldn't it? <clears throat> um, so, yeah. Uh, former CM Paige Harvey, is, who's now n- otherwise known as Arthmus on Twitch, is doing a multi-stream Ask Me Anything on life as a marginalised person on Saturday the 30th of January from 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock. So she's got a anonymous Google form where she's inviting everybody to ask questions on all sorts of things from various LGBTQ plus issues to disabled issues to mental issues. Um, basically, you know, anything you were ever too, too afraid to ask, but wanted to know or something like that. Um, and you, you know, you were like, I, I can't ask that. And this time, well, maybe maybe you can. Um she's got a bunch of folks who people may or may not know. Um we certainly will recognise some of them, but so we've got Stephen Spoon, Mouse Was Taken, who's awesome. I love I love her, she's great. Uh Starfunkel, uh Dominic Evans, Sugar Pixie, Commander Plater with his his Thargoid cancer. And th- Commander Pl- I'm I'm Slash loot for th- uh, to Commander Plater and fuck you cancer. Um, <laughs> Command uh, Drakthonia Cornish Knight Tiffany Witcher the um, El Doctor lovely Doctor K Ross, Luna Bat Le- uh, Liana Rupert who's other- always known as Dirty F and Hippie Ros- uh, Rose Alara Stacy of Gotham Accessible Game Gamer Lucy Louis- uh, how do I pronounce that Luciana I think Luciana and Dragon Freaky, and you could watch that. She's going to be doing some kind of multi-streaming thing, but you can watch her on Twitch.tv/Arthenus, and she'll be tweeting about that, and we'll be retweeting it and things like that. Because there's a lot of very interesting questions that, like, yeah, I I I never really
2: thought about answering, asking,
3: yeah, you know, it's like I I can't, I... yeah, how do I ask that but without offending somebody?
2: <laughs> right. Uh... We've also got to congratulate Commander Musketeer, uh, the CQC um, expert, for reaching, and brace yourselves, folks, 200,000 kills in CQC. Actually, 200,003 at the last count. That's phenomenal. How many times over CQC Elite is that? About four or five. So it's 50k <laughs> kills for Elite in CQC, is it? Um, I'm not sure. I'm only guessing, but has, that is bonkers. Um, we've also got to congratulate um, Commander Overlight, who has managed to take five seconds off the Hutton orbital run speed record, which was previously held by Commander Brett Riverboat, and that record's been in place for more than a year.
4: Nice. So, what actually is that record? Is it does it actually how long it takes you to get to?
2: an orbital or is it a yes yeah, it's, it's how long you get uh, from the moment you've dropped into um af centuri to get to hudden orbital and he managed to do it by using a braking maneuver uh, using the gravity around eden isn't that cool you can actually use orbital mechanics to do that sort of thing in the game yeah i love i i absolutely love that elite is
1: like that my favorite thing yeah about the game.
2: I mean, I I love the fact that somebody in a sidewinder managed to to, um, find a body small enough, switch his engines off, and went into proper orbit. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, we've got a little bit of bad news. Um, It appears that the company that supplied the fantastic ED tracker, um, which I've got one, has now gone under. Um, although you can still buy the device in kit form for, and we'll supply the link in the show, show notes, the main website has gone down and there doesn't seem to be any support available, uh, unless you, you, you go into the forums and ask. Um, the amazing commander Brumster still has some of the software on his website. And what we'll do is we'll also put in a link to, um, uh, to that, uh, uh, that software drivers and instructions on how to set things up um the elite dangerous ship um anatomy um now shan you found this uh, yes absolutely brilliant um
4: if you ever want to really spec your ship out in terms of uh utility replacement placements and um where to put your guns so they get the maximum damage for convergence, then basically this allows you to view a blueprint of any ship in the game and actually see where the modules are on the model. And even it's quite useful, actually, when you want to kill ships, because it shows you the exact location of the power unit or the distributor or whatever, to give you point to aim at. So it's a really useful and I found it really fascinating, actually.
2: I must admit, I had the the fact that they've gone into that much, that must have been a painstaking chore to, to put together, just to work out where each component is on every single ship. It must have taken a while, yeah,
4: but I enjoyed that, it's well worth fiddling around with.
7: Not to mention the amount of detail that FDF put in to put all these places in, you know, actually structure it properly and put in the proper place and design the ships like that.
2: Oh yeah, totally. From there, we'll go back to Hutton again, because Hutton's gone to the Antarctic Voyage 2, along with the Fuel Rats and Cannon to Stella. Um, the, Huller, the Hutton Orbital and Fuel Rats and Cannon to Stella Peoples are on their travels again. Commander Dog's Breath is on board the MPV Everest to the Antarctica as part of Operation Hot Mess. So um, they'll be posting... Uh, progress reports with the Hunt and Mug as it gets closer and closer to the South Pole. <laughs> um and finally we have had a notification that um the High Wake has released another parody video. Now I didn't know about these guys, the High Wake. Um this time the in this particular parody video they're highlighting how important it is to drive safely around Guardian sites. Um, ben, ben, you put me onto these. I mean,
3: this guy's done a brilliant set of videos, hasn't he? It's great,
2: yeah. I, I, all... I love
3: the uh, do you think you'll dock one? <laughs>
2: yeah, that,
3: that's probably my favorite, but
2: all the ones that, he's done are so so good. That one does remind me a little of Dockers. That one does, mm. Mm, surprisingly enough. Um, Okay, uh, so we'll put a link into uh, High Week's uh, channel in the in the website. Um, if not, just have a quick look on on YouTube for High Week. You'll find it easy enough. So before we carry on, has anybody got any other business that just like to bring up?
1: Oh, I, it is worth saying uh, the response to the um, the response to our question about um, what was your best memory in Elite has received a huge number of responses um which we're absolutely thrilled about and we haven't been able to we haven't been able to cover them all today so um so we will uh we will come back to them uh next week so if you have uh if you have given us a um one of your memories um we haven't ignored you it's just that we had too many to cover in one episode um and uh the others have just reminded me that uh um Issue 32 of Sagittarius Eye is releasing on Thursday. Um, this is the last issue that will just be podcast. Um, from issue 33, we'll go back to print and podcast releasing side by side. Um, but issue 33 will be uh, audio only. So head to wwwsagittarius Com to pick up your copy as of 5pm on Thursday.
4: Uh, Steve, I'd just like to remind you that we are looking for the full length version of the ship paint job song.
2: <laughs> you mean we the store alert, alert song. The store,
4: the store alert. alert!
1: All right. Let me let, leave it with me. I'll I'll work on something.
2: Oh, oh God. That's not going to go well at all, is it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um so, I'll, I'll start with the, uh, the shout-outs. Um, so, first of all, we always have to shout-out to our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, which broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30 uh, GMT. You can tune in at twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers or just the audio you can find at com. For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at Discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC just for the honour of being killed by Commander Musketeer. Um for those of you who'd like a literary discussion about science fiction and fantasy books, please subscribe to the Data Sleep podcast, which is created by Station Commander Alan Stroud. Now, following on from this, we have the amazing Galactic News Digest, as supplied by Commander Witherspoon, with contributions by Commander Beedle-Jude. Um, We're also going to give shout-outs to the, um, a lot of the other um, Elite Dangerous podcasts, which have been springing up. Um, a couple of years ago, we were the only one, and, and since then, quite a few have, have uh, appeared in the, s- the scenes. So we'll say hello and a, a, a hi to the Loose Screws, uh, Elite Week. There's um, Malin's Psyche on the flight assist off. Now, the Spanish for Spanish speakers out there, there is the Elite cast, but we don't know whether or not they're still going.
3: Last time I heard it was, but it's a bit sporadic.
2: Elite Week apparently has just passed more than 1k subs. On YouTube, nice. Yes, which I'm jealous about because Top Shift is just about six hundred. Which I'm.
3: Uh, don't worry, uh, Colin. I'm sure Kai will make that up to you.
2: <laughs> um, uh, was also Canon have released a new podcast lately? The Canon podcast that's that's available, and of course there is the Guard Frequency podcast. But they tend to cover. Um, all space sims, not just Elite Dangerous. And of course, you can always find Obsidian and the Burpet. They're also on YouTube. Uh, so I'd like to thank all those who have chipped in on the Twitch chat. And the have uh, we had many in-game commanders pop by the bar, Ben?
3: No, I've I've had one person trying to bring up with me, but not having any not having any luck actually meeting up. And I think I saw Miggles was in the area, but he didn't sort of say hi so. Screw you, Miggles.
2: <laughs> that's that's how it's going to be from now on. Screw you, Miggles.
3: <laughs> I was I was going to say hi, but I didn't sort of say anything, so I was like, I'm going to go shoot things instead.
2: Uh so uh, as part of Leave Radio, we'd like to give a serve um, a, a service announcement from now on. If anybody else sees Commander Miggles from now on, you're supposed to greet him with "Screw you, Miggles."
4: <laughs> that's very rude. Yeah. And. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he knows I'm only screwing him because I love him good
4: that is, that is, that is a, an appropriate I, reason that, I guess it's better than screwing him and then leaving in the
2: morning but.
3: Yeah, it's not like a hateful screw or anything like that right. that's our fun though
2: right I'm drawing a line under this before it gets, <laughs> before it gets even worse that's enough <laughs> it's yeah enough boys to stop, screw. Screw,
4: stop screwing around
2: Good <laughs> grief I <laughs> think God <laughs> fell out of his cradle laughing at that one. Anyway, that's it for another episode of Lab Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at com. Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Warning, this is shared with the Hutton Orbital Truckers, so use some deodorant or air freshener, depending on which. Do get in touch if you have any questions, or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 GMT and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks very much to um, Ben and Souverine and to Commander Shan. Special thanks, of course, goes to today's tech specialist, the Chris Mark IV, (laughs) and also N2 for uh, joining us yet again. Uh, But until next time, commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
5: Two seconds and I'll be right back. Galnet News Digest, twelfth of January, thirty-three oh seven. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news. It'll all be over
0: by Thargs Day. Decal to light for Podpart Pickers. Marlinists, Lacon, Elections and Retribution.
5: It'll all be over by Thargs Day. After being effectively eliminated from the Corsac Nebula last week, Thargoids are doing a better job clinging on to their toehold in the Witch Nebula but even there it seems that they may soon be on the way out. Having been eliminated from Shenve and Evangelis, and with no anti-Xeno conflict zones left, those systems will be declared officially Thargoid-free on Thursday. There's a good chance that Lembas and Wellington will follow suit, leaving just Haki and Honoros. that may not be cleared of Thargoids in time for this week's update. However, with a bit of a final push, it is perfectly possible that the Thargoids will be gone. The station rescues, which are still currently required in all six systems, will come to an end, and the repair of the six damaged stations in the Witchhead Nebula can commence. Was this a one-off attack by the Thargoids? Will the resounding and decisive way they have been sent packing mean humanity is left in uncontested charge of the galaxy? If so, then how soon can we get permission to enter the Core 70 sector and take the fight to the Thargoid homelands?
0: Decal Delight for Podpart Pickers The request last week for research materials for the Holloway Bioscience Unit has seen a slow but steady response, with around 300 commanders delivering more than a fifth of the material requested. The Institute seemed to have expected a slow early response, and believes that this much material should be sufficient for it to set up four wildlife areas near Colonia for visitors interested in seeing the inhabitants of Lagrange clouds, the fabled notable stellar phenomena, without having to travel too far from Colonia, which is already quite far, unless you sensibly hitch your ride on a fleet carrier. The remaining 8 percent of the requested material, if delivered, would allow one more wildlife refuge to be established. There are believed to be a number of fleet carriers out in the pod fields, acting as factory processors for anything the smaller ships can collect. When they start arriving in Colonia on Wednesday, we'll see if that massive last tier of achievement can be fulfilled. As an added bonus, commanders finishing in the top 75% of contributors, which probably means they collected more than about 70 pod parts, will be awarded a Galactic Wildlife Fund sticker to wear on their ship. It is rumoured that the decal will bear a mysterious poem, which some say will lead them to the location of Raxler. It allegedly goes like this. Podpart Pickers picked a peck of perfect pod parts. A peck of perfect pod parts podpart pickers picked. If Podpart Pickers picked a peck of perfect pod parts, where's the peck of perfect pod parts Podpart pickers pickers picked? The Holloway Bioscience Institute in Colonia. That's where.
5: And we'd just like to say that the Holloway Bioscience Institute has issued a statement denying any knowledge of the whereabouts of Raxler elections and retribution. In other news this week, Marlinists are reported to be getting impatient that the housing and new settlements in the Hyades sector they were promised on the 21st of December is still not ready for them to move into. Galactic Regulators are said to be scrutinising Core Dynamics takeover of Lakon Spaceways with a fine-tooth comb, looking for irregularities. Lacon Spaceways has made it clear that despite the takeover, none of its existing lines of ships will be withdrawn from sale. With the Alliance Prime Ministerial election due on the 25th of February, Prime Minister Mahon has been criticised for his expansionist approach that may have provoked the recent Thargoid attacks, and anti-Thargoid agency Aegis has voiced its support for a galactic summit to get the Empire Federation Alliance and independent systems working together
0: again. In Odyssey news, the Pilots' Federation has confirmed that the brief blackout that affects commanders as they get into their SRV will also affect them in the same way as they prepare to descend the exit ramp to walk about on planets. Magboots will be used while walking around outposts that have no centrifuge to induce a gravity-like effect. The Pilots' Federation is unable, at this time, to comment on whether those magboots will allow commanders to walk on walls.
5: The Buckyball Racing Club Sidewinder Fuel Finder time trial is underway, with Commander Goose Frabar in the lead with a time of 37 minutes and 18 seconds from Kailano to Fuelum, demonstrating that not having a fuel scoop doesn't mean you can't bring a Sidewinder from the Pleiades back to the bubble. And Commander Overlight has beaten the all time best time for the Hutton Run. Jumping into Alpha Centauri, flying all the way to Proxima Centauri and docking at Hutton Orbital with a time of 1 hour, 22 minutes and 26 seconds, 5 seconds better than the previous record.
0: All the Colonia engineers have now learned how to make all their modifications to Grade 5, meaning that Operation La Forge and Operation Montgomery Scott work is at an end, and the Colonia engineers offer 6 exclusive blueprints that are available nowhere else. Finally, scribbling Senator Drew Wegar has announced that his new live streamed documentary, Elite Retribution, will be starting at 8pm on the evening of the 14th of January. He plans to follow events as new pilot Sasia Bianchi seeks retribution for the apparently meaningless murder of members of her family. Commanders using the PC flight control system are invited to join the Drew Wegar group and participate in Sasia's search for justice.